Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good morning, church. How are we doing? We're doing very well. Okay. Um, so I have a word for us uh, this morning. Um, I don't have well, as much time as I initially did, uh, but it's good nonetheless. Now, I asked God, um, what would he have us speak about this morning? And he laid a word in my heart, um, and it was revolving around beautiful, or beauty. Beautiful. So the title of this message is Beautiful is Ahead. Yeah, very simple. Beautiful is Ahead. And I want us all to, um, to really just use your imaginations this morning. Praise the Lord. Now, if I ask you what does the word beautiful mean to you, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? <laughs> but, what did you say? The opposite of ugly. <laughs> say it. Pleasing. Okay. Pleasing. Anyone else? If I say the word beautiful. Dr. John. Pastor Yue. Ah. Oh, uh. Did she make you say that? <laughs> right, so when we think of the word beautiful, we think about all these things. It's pleasing, my wife, uh, the opposite of ugly. Um, <laughs> even though they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So what is beautiful is dependent on you perceiving it as beautiful. Praise the Lord. All right, so I have a few images uh, I want to go through first. Uh, does anyone here know the, these, two, these, these couples? The South African couple. The KFC couple. Yeah. So what, what's, what's beautiful about this couple? You don't know anything about them. <laughs> um, so initially, I thought it was the... So here he is proposing to his wife in KFC. Initially, I thought it was the first time that he proposed. But it actually is the second time. So they were actually married beforehand. So they've been married already, but he went to go get a new ring because, you know, they couldn't do it the way he wanted to do it the first time. And he came to give it to her the second time. And it went on social media. Some people made fun of it. Say that again. But now they're getting endorsements. So it makes me now think that when I proposed in church last year, maybe I should have gone to McDonald's and proposed there. And then maybe social media will offer to pay for my wedding. <laughs> But that's not the case. <laughs> no, no, it says, at the couple's request, we are providing the support they need to make the wedding of their dreams come true. We have enlisted project managers to assist and honor their wishes. Please direct all media queries and donations and pledges to KFC proposal. My God. That's beautiful. All right, uh, next image. The Mona Lisa. Everyone knows this image, right? The question is, is it beautiful? Why? Or rather, what is beautiful about this picture? The money. So what does the picture actually mean? What, what is she doing? Is she, is she smiling? Is she sad? Is she suffering? No, it's true. 
And does anyone know how much this painting is actually worth? Millions. So it's actually priceless. Um, but they, uh, the actual value placed on it, or the insurance value placed on it, is 850 million. Yes. Million, million, million. Uh, now, the room in which it stays in, in the museum, is worth six million pounds. Um, viewers, or people who come to view the painting, only have two, or they only have 30 seconds to actually view this painting. So they have a system whereby, just to get as many people to see it as possible, you come in, you can see it for 30 seconds, and you have to go and you pay for it. That's lovely. Praise the Lord. Next image. I'm slightly rushing through this. Does anyone know what this, where this place is? What's that? <laughs> All right, so this is the Doomsday Seed Vault, yeah? Located in the Arctic Circle. Now, what is beautiful about it is the amount of seeds that this has the capacity to store. So in the event that um, the world is to come to an end or something catastro catastrophic is going to happen, everything we ever need or will ever need in the next however many centuries is stored here so that we can start life again. How amazing is that? It's not amazing. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Now, all those three images are things that generally the world would look at and say, this is beautiful, this is good, this is lovely. Um, and that's from the world's perspective. But the way that we should look at beauty is from the word's perspective. Beautiful in the world's perspective is unfathomable. Praise the Lord. It is unfathomable. Now, Oxford Dictionary um, describes beautiful as aesthetically very pleasing to the senses. That is, it's, it's good to hear it's good to listen, to feel, to taste, and to see. So for something to be beautiful, for something to be good, it ideally has to fit all five categories. So if you are beautiful, then that means when I look at you, I should perceive beauty. When I hear of you, or what you're doing, or what you're saying, it should be beautiful. I don't want to taste you, but you, can, you, get, <laughs> you get what I mean. Um, let us turn to the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis 1.31. It says, God looked at all he had made and it was very good. Good here can be defined as beautiful. God looked at everything that he had made and he said that it was good. So right from the beginning, God has been interested in allowing us to understand the definition of beautiful. Praise the Lord. If we go to the very beginning, verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, if you look through every single day that God made something, he looked back at it and he said, this is good. He looked back and he said, it was good. And he repeated it so many times. How many times does God need to say that this is good for you to know that this is good? And the truth of the matter is that we can look at our lives sometimes and we can think that there are things in our lives that are without form and are void. But the scripture here lets us realize that the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So regardless of what you may think of any situation that you're facing, the spirit of God is there. Praise the Lord. 
Before the earth was created, the spirit of God was there. So it was not beautiful. There was nothing good to look at. It wasn't attractive. But yet the spirit of God is there. So you may look at something in your life and say, this is not good. It's not attractive. It's not what I want it to be yet. But the truth of the matter is, the spirit of God is there. It's just a matter of how long it's going to take for God to make what it is that you're waiting for beautiful. And then you have to think about the fact that maybe it already is beautiful. You just don't see it as that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are we understanding? Now, depending on the translation of the Bible you look at, good can be found in there between 809 to 856 times, depending on the translation. So that should tell you that good or beautiful is something that God holds dearly. It should tell you that it's important. It's something that we should aspire and look to. Praise the Lord. Now, being an English teacher that I am, um, when I read now, I, I, I like to pay attention to all the little uh, details. If we go back to uh, Genesis chapter 1, that whole scripture, for me, defines beauty. And, and I, I wrote down here, um, now the word of God uses, so this is Genesis chapter 1, it uses adverbs, adjectives, structure, repetition, alliteration, sensory language, and imagery just to help you understand the extent of beauty. Yeah? Just to help you understand the extent of beauty, in case you didn't before. Now, when I say that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, a situation could be beautiful, but because you don't behold it as beautiful, you don't see it as such. So when you say someone is ugly, that person may be ugly to you, but to someone else, they are beautiful. And because to someone else, they are beautiful, that person is able to get from that person what is beautiful. And because you perceive that person as ugly, what you get from that person is ugly. Now, it may not necessarily be ugly in terms of appearance, but it could be ugly in terms of anything else that you can think of. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind can conceive, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. That's beautiful. So if you're looking for something that's beautiful, oftentimes it may not be in the picture of the Mona Lisa or something that's general. It could be in the things that God is yet to do, the things that are difficult to explain. The, I mean, listening to the testimonies this morning, um, just a bunch of beautiful things. The fact that you took out money from the cash point and you forgot it there and you've gone back and someone is hailing you down, saying, yeah, they went to go and announce that we had your money there. That's beautiful to me. It might not happen every day because I guarantee if it happened in my house, you ain't getting that money back. Yeah, that was London Bridge. Come and do it in Canning Town. They'll help you spend your money well. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, what's our theme for the new year? Beautiful. Our theme or is centered around beauty. Um, taken from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 17 to 18. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unfailed face, beholding, as in the mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just by the Spirit of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So in this coming year, the things that we are set out to achieve, we have liberty. We have freedom. There is beauty 
in freedom. You can't look at someone who is shackled down and say they are in a beautiful situation. But someone who is free to express themselves and to do as they please, or rather as God pleases, is beautiful. Now the truth of the matter is everything is beautiful. Everything is beautiful. It just depends on how you choose to see it. Yeah? It just depends on how you choose to see it. Now, if we turn to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 9 to 15. It says, what do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden of God, that God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the heart of humans. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. So no matter how many things we try to do, no matter what you try to do, you can't fathom the beauty of God. You can't fathom the things that God is willing and able to do in your life. And the word says that he makes all things beautiful in its time. That should be reassuring to someone. There may be things that you're waiting on and you may not think it's beautiful. And the truth of the matter is that it may actually be beautiful. You may just not be paying attention to the fact that it's beautiful. God said, I make everything beautiful in its time. There's a time for everything. And there's a time for beauty. There's a time for ugly. Now, if I look at everyone's face here, I can say that you all look beautiful today. You look lovely. But if we look back five years ago, you didn't look the same. If we look back 10 years ago, you didn't look the same. And what does that tell you? It tells you that beauty is progressive. Yeah, The beauty that you withhold now, the way that you are now, is not the way you were yesterday. Something changed at some point in time, naturally. So no matter how fine you think you are when you look in the mirror, you probably had the same thought maybe last week, maybe a couple months ago when you went to that event. But beauty is progressive. It's progressive. Now, there's a few things I want us to consider. So we're talking about beauty, uh, beautiful ahead, or beautiful is ahead. Um, and although the title may say beautiful is ahead, the truth of the matter is there are some things that are beautiful now. There are some things that are beautiful now. It just depends on how we take it. Praise the Lord. Now, the first point is that there is beauty in aging. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. There is beauty in aging. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Why is it that we complain about getting old? And it, oftentimes it's, it's, with, it's, it's either with the young ones or the ones who get to the age of like around you know, 35, 40, and they want to start living like they're 25. Um, and there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with it, um, <laughs> as long as it's appropriate to what you're doing. There's something that a 40-year-old um, may be doing um, that they shouldn't be doing. They should have maybe have done it when they were 20, 25. But you now get to your um, ripe age, and you now want to do it. But there's a time for everything. Midlife crisis. Yeah. Midlife crisis, it happens. It happens. Some people don't get the opportunity to do things in their early years. So when they get to midlife, they have to do it then. But they realize that 
they don't get that fulfillment as such. First Kings 3.14 says, so if you walk in my ways, First Kings 3.14, so if you walk in my ways and you keep my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. I will lengthen your days. This lets us know that we should make the most of our days. Teaching us to number our days means that we are paying attention to the days. We are paying attention to the things that we are doing. I know most of the women in here do, you have a skincare regime, routine, every day. Me, I, I don't have one. <laughs> um, but in a sense, that's, that's, that's an example of numbering your days because you know that you need maybe a month to get the best skin possible or two months or however long. But you know that if you consistently do it, you consistently wash your face however which way you do, every other day, morning and night, you may just get the best skin out there. Drink your water every day, so on and so forth. That's numbering your days in one aspect of it. The scripture in Ecclesiastes 9.10 also says that whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Praise the Lord. So in order to perceive some more things as beautiful, you need to actually be making sure that you're doing things as you're progressing. As the day goes by, you need to ensure that you are working. Because, I don't know for you, but to spend a whole week doing nothing, at the end of the week, I would get there and I'd feel like I've, 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 I'm useless. I'd feel like I haven't achieved anything. I won't even feel beautiful. It's true. There's, there's nothing to account for what you've done. Praise the Lord. Now, the next point I have here is, it says, something is only beautiful to you when you understand it. Yeah? Something is only beautiful to you when you understand it. So, that situation you may be facing at work, in your personal business, at home, family, wherever it is, um, it may not be beautiful to you because you are looking at it the wrong way. You might be looking at something as, this is a really, really bad situation. Or you could be looking at it as God is about to do something or God is using this for a particular purpose. Remember, the earth was without form and void. So if the earth was without form and void, or if the earth wasn't without form and void, then God wouldn't have been able to perform what he did. If it was already there, we wouldn't read about how great God is. We wouldn't read about his creative skills and ability. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Jeremiah 33, verse 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. That means that you, in your human knowledge, lack understanding. Naturally, you lack understanding. But the scripture makes us realize that if we call on to God regarding a particular thing, he will give us that understanding and he will enable us to see things the way he sees things. Proverbs 14, 29. He who, he who is slow to anger has great understanding and profits from his self-control. 
But he who is quick-tempered exposes and exalts his foolishness for all to see. Understanding requires patience. Understanding requires patience. We may not see some things as beautiful because we don't have the patience to understand it. We don't have the patience to understand it. How many people here go to the theater? Raise your hand proudly. Now, how many, here, how many people here go to the cinema? So more people go to the cinema than they go to the theater. Um, you're more likely to see beauty in the play when you go to the theater and, than when you go to the cinema. You go to the theater, you see them acting. You actually see them fulfilling their roles. You see the passion, you see everything in its actual form. But when you go to the cinema, it's been edited. There's a stunt double. They've had time to uh, you know, change things around. That's why you notice in one scene, he's wearing a red hat, and the next scene, he's wearing a blue hat. And me, every movie I watch, I notice all of that. Why did they change it? Why didn't they keep it the same? But you go to theatre and you see the rawness and the realness of the acting. You're able to appreciate the art of acting. And it requires patience for you to sit through that. Because on average, you can go to a cinema and your movie might be an hour and a half, two hours long. You go to the theatre, looking at two and a half hours, three hours, three and a half hours, intermission in between. That's why only a few of us have patience to go to the, to the theatre. The rest of us will go to the cinema. It's true. Because <laughs> after the intermission, you might just want to go home. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thirdly, things are only beautiful to you when it benefits you. Yeah? Things are only beautiful to you when it benefits you. So only when you can understand the purpose of a thing are you able to use it. If I give you a hammer and you don't understand its purpose, it will be of no use to you. It doesn't benefit you. So therefore, that which, you, that which you would use it for, you wouldn't know how to use it. Philippians 4.8. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worth of praise or worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. So in order for something to be beautiful to you, it needs to benefit you. The scripture encourages us to have our minds dwell on these things. Whatever thing is good, whatever is peaceful, whatever is beautiful, whatever is loving, all of these things, the scripture actually encourages us to, to dwell on it. Take it in. God won't ask you to take something in unless it, 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 unless it doesn't benefit you in some way, shape or form. Next, I have written here that things become less beautiful to you when you begin to take it for granted. Things become less beautiful for you when, uh, to you when you take it for granted and when you don't see its worth anymore. Now, all the things we're discussing here, it, it, it's, it's, some, it's common knowledge, um, but it's good for us to talk about these things. Now, oftentimes you may have to remind yourself of why you started a particular journey. Uh, Michelle spoke about wanting to quit 
halfway through um, uni. You have to remind yourself, why did you start this journey? When I was in uni, after my second year, I dropped out. I went back to uni, don't get me wrong. I went back to uni, I took a year out, I dropped out. I went, I told Pope, I said, Pope, you know what, uni's not for me. I'm, I'm done, this is it's too much. He said, are you okay? <laughs> you have to go back. And I, and, I, and I did go back. And I thank God that I went back. Um, but the truth of the matter is, when you don't understand, when you don't, when you don't understand the purpose of a thing, when you don't understand the worth of a thing, you don't see it as beautiful. You see it as less attractive. You start to see um, other people's grass as greener than yours. So when you start to see the grass on your other side as being greener, what does that mean? It means that you need to actually start watering your own grass. Because if you're not watering your own grass, naturally, you look at someone else's and think it's greener. Just because they have a certain kind of flower in their garden doesn't mean you have to have it in yours. It's true. Not every garden you go to is the same. You can walk through a, a lovely neighborhood. I, I work in Romford area, and there's this one road that has a whole bunch of nice houses. My God. When I walk there, I pray. I took Issy there as well. I pray, we prayed. We prayed. I see the first house, I said, my God, they have a chandelier in the middle, right at the top. I said, they must have like eight bedrooms in there. And I thought that was nice. And I went to the next house. Ah. Then I went to the next house and it was like, mm, it was all right. It wasn't as good as the first two. The next one wasn't as good as the previous three. But the next one, I said, that is the house. But I look at all of this and I'm thinking, whoever's living in that house, they have that house for a reason. Um, and however they've built it, they've built it to the way they want it to be. So essentially, whatever is beautiful, um, it has to be of your own doing. You make it beautiful. God does his own, yes, but you make it beautiful. The scripture says that uh, Paul plants Apollo waters and God gives the increase. Usually we, we use that when it comes to church planting and growth in church. You know, that, you know God, will, God will bring us the people. Um, but the truth of the matter is, we have a part to play in that. Is my time up? Ah, my time's up. Praise the Lord. Now, I want us to look at some examples of people who experience beauty in the Bible. Um, because in order for us, we can talk about beautiful and beauty and all these things, but we need people to reference it to. Praise the Lord. Uh, because of time, uh, Joseph and Daniel are two people who experience beauty in their lives. Praise the Lord. Joseph went from being a prisoner to being a governor. He, with, you know, he, he withstood slavery and temptation to get to the point of being a governor. Um, but he also had one thing. He had a gift that was given to him by God. So he was able to use his gift throughout that journey, which aided him to attain in beauty. Praise the Lord. Now, there's a couple of things that are advisable to do on this road to beautiful. Um, despite the fact that you may already be there, there is still more beauty to obtain. Praise the Lord. Now, if you go away and you look at the lives of Joseph and Daniel, I won't go into too much uh, detail. There's a few things you can take from them. One, you can take away the consistency in the things of God. Irrespective of what they were dealt, they were consistent with the things of God. 
when Daniel heard the report of his colleagues, he went away and he prayed. Oftentimes when we hear things in our daily lives, we panic. Or we go and speak to the next person. When in actual fact, the person we should have gone to speak, uh, to, speak to first is God. Or even yourselves. Sometimes speak with yourself first. Speak with God first before you speak to someone else. Secondly, they were both attentive to the things of God. You know, they didn't despise the, the, the gift and the talents that God had given them. They always returned glory back to God despite of the situations that they found themselves in. Thirdly, they had a willingness to serve. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, but was still willing to interpret the prison guard's dreams. How many of you, if you were thrown into the lion's den, would help the person who's thrown you in there? You might not do so. But in doing so, they, they attained beauty. Praise the Lord. I want us to bow our heads. And I want us to just reflect on our lives this morning. And I want us to understand that indeed our lives are beautiful. There is beauty in serving God. There is beauty in being available for God to use you. The question is, how do you see it? Psalm 23 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. We say this all the time. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my lives. You're asking for beauty to follow you all the days of your lives. I want you to pray this morning that the beauty of God will continue to rest upon me. The beauty of God will be seen in my life, in my family, in my actions, in my thoughts, in my deeds. And so, Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for speaking to us and helping us to understand that which is beautiful in your sight, Father Lord. We pray that in the things that we do, we will please you. Where we are struggling, Father, we ask for your help. We ask for your Holy Spirit to come and intervene. And we ask that in all things, your name alone will be glorified. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.